Welcome to the Professional Confessional, how the biggest mistakes we've ever made fundamentally changed our work, our careers, and our approach forever. Gain wisdom and perspective through these audio absolutions. Today's guest is Joe Polizzi, the godfather of content marketing himself. Publisher, entrepreneur, and author, Joe talks about how his biggest mistakes drove his very first business out of the market completely. I got to take it back to, you know, 2006, 2007, 33, 34 years old, and I'm in content marketing, custom publishing, it was whatever you want to call it at the time, but I was working for a large publishing company. I was vice president of content marketing and making lots of money and all that good stuff, traveling, but not so bad. It was a great job. It was a great first kind of career move for me. And finally, after the persistence of my wife, which she said, you've been talking about starting this business forever, either start the business or stop talking about it because you're bothering me. (laughs) So we set a date. It was the last day of March of 2007. I ended up leaving that job and started on April 2nd, 2007. What was called Junta 42. We were going to be like the e-harmony for content marketing. And that's actually how I explained it to people. I said, there's lots of brands out there that need content marketing help. And there are lots of writers and agencies out there that are willing to work with you, but they're very hard to match up. So that's what Junta 42 did. We actually matched that up. So that was the start of it. Fast forward to the summer 2009, bleeding cash, losing money, dumping everything into web development, getting to the point where I've lost almost all confidence in my entrepreneurial abilities because I know that the the gig is up. I had to look at the numbers. I was running out of money. Credit cards are maxed out. All the savings are gone. I basically said, I got to stop fooling around and realize that I'm a complete failure because I couldn't make this thing work. It really came to a head. I think this was in September of 2009, agencies had to pay for Junta 42 to be part of the lead gen system. They pay $5,000 a year to be in that system. They would get unlimited leads. And we had a lot of those agencies that actually got million dollar plus deals out of it. We didn't get any commission off of that. We just got the $5,000 annual fee. There was one, our best case study in the world. And the agency, they got, I don't know how big the deal was. It was well over a million dollar deal. We delivered them in the previous year. They were part of the Junta 42 system, but they didn't renew their subscription. And I'm just like, this must be some kind of mistake. So I call the agency president on the phone and I said, hey, this is Joe. I see that you're not in the system. Something must be wrong. Can I, can I take your credit card now? We'll get you re-upped. Everything's great. And she said, Joe, I'm sorry. I'm not. We're not going to be re this year. I love everything, but we're just not going to do it and spend the money. And I'm like, really? Why is that? What's the issue? And she said, we're looking for a better return on investment in other places. And I said, I, can, I said, if you can get a better return on investment than a million dollars in revenue for $5,000 spent, let me know and I'm going to go do it. <laughs> anyway, small talk. I hung up the phone and I remember this is probably that you know, one of those, if it was a movie, it's the low moment where you've got the music playing in the background and the, and the lead character feels really sorry for himself, goes into the backyard and says, oh, I'm an utter failure. I can't even close the deal on the greatest case study we've ever had. And that was it. So in the next two weeks, I start 
getting my LinkedIn profile together and started sniffing around it. Okay, I've got to find a job somewhere. And my wife knew where I was and I'm just in a real dark place because I had this dream of being the successful entrepreneur and it's not going to happen. The idea doesn't work. Maybe the idea was sound, but I couldn't make it financially work for us. Probably two weeks later, for some reason, I started to go through some of my emails and the emails were from our blog subscribers. So luckily at the time, the same time this was all going around, the content marketing revolution blog, which was my personal blog, but it was on the Junta 42, was doing fairly well. We were getting lots of blog subscribers. It was starting to get found in search, all that good stuff. I would get emails from subscribers, just, hey, Joe, I had this question, that question, whatever the case is. And I started to really look at some of the feedback we were getting. It was like, Joe, do you have any online training programs available for my team? Joe, are there any large in-person events around content marketing? that I could send my team to. These things kept going, coming up over and over again. And that's when it hit me. It was like, oh my God, we've developed this audience around content marketing through the blog and we've done a pretty good job of it. And I'm trying to force feed this stupid Junta 42 product down their throat when nobody (laughs) wants to buy it. Only maybe a half a percent of those people were even looking to outsource their project at some time. So I'm trying to sell a product that is not even near the life cycle of what was going on in content marketing was a new thing. Everyone wanted training and education. So it just finally hit me. I'm like, oh my God, I am just selling the wrong thing. Why don't I just listen to the blog subscribers? They're telling me exactly what they want to buy, but we don't have those products and services available. So I talked to my wife and I said, look, I'm going to give this one more shot. We scraped together some more money. I wrote down the, the visual plan for what became Content Marketing Institute. It was on a cocktail napkin because I was probably heavily drinking at the time. And it basically said we would have the leading online destination for content marketing. We would have the leading in-person event for content marketing, and we would have the leading trade publication magazine for content marketing. That became contentmarketinginstitute.com. It became Content Marketing World, the event, and became Chief Content Officer Magazine. So basically everything Junta 42 switched over to Content Marketing Institute in May of 2010. We came up with a new banner. We <laughs> said in September, we said we're launching this event. A year from you know 2011, we were going to launch Content Marketing World. January, we launched Chief Content Officer Magazine. It took off right away. And the little event that we were hoping for 100 to 150 people to come to in Cleveland, Ohio in September of 2011, we ended up getting 660 that year. A thousand the next year, three years later, we had 4,000. So that was it. It was almost nothing. And it, I don't know, the persistence and stubbornness. And then I just did not want to work another, go back and work a corporate gig again. We had to find a way. And that's you the did, long, short story. Did you ever find out why they never bothered to reinvent? I haven't talked to her since. Oh. And that's my fault because I'm still salty over it. It's been 12 years. And I'm still upset. But if you be very careful who your buyer group is, where the money is coming from. Here's one of the key things to launching a product. So this is a key. In Junta 42's case, all the money came from agencies. I know agencies now. And anyone listening to this knows agencies, knows that agencies don't spend money on marketing. Hardly (laughs) ever. So I'm trying to target a group of marketers that hate spending money on marketing for marketing. So it's true. It's Uh shoemaker shoes. 
They never spend money on their own marketing. They generally don't have their own marketing initiatives. It's generally word of mouth only. Maybe now you can do like SEO. It's not a lot that's put into marketing. So $5,000, even though they got the million dollar deal, $5,000 to them for marketing is a huge amount of money. Okay, so now fast forward. So uh, that was a great learning. It's one of the best failures you could have because after getting through that, I said, never make that mistake again. And when we moved to the whole model of Content Marketing Institute, I said, oh, all of our money will come from enterprise marketers that have a ton of money, that spend a ton of money on training, that spend a ton of money on education, that really need to get this content marketing thing. I said, oh, that's just a lot better than trying to get 100% of somebody's marketing budget at 5000 for a company, let's say a Fortune 500 company, which is who we targeted, $5,000 from that marketing group is throwaway money. It's go taking out a client for dinner money. It's nothing. So that was the big change we made. So that when you go and I start to, started to ask, hey, can you and your team go to Content Marketing World and we can give you 20 passes and it'll cost $25,000? They're like, where should we send the check? And I'm like, oh my goodness. What was I doing all this time? I don't know personally why, but I think in general, why we couldn't get agencies to sign up was simply because of that reason. Like they didn't, they, and still today don't spend a lot on marketing. If you look at a lot of the marketing initiatives for specifically content marketing agencies that have started since then, none of them have worked very well. The the association doesn't work very well because people don't want to pay the dues for it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. They just don't spend money on anything. So well, I think part of it, I, I will say there's a certain of, I know how to do this. I'm paid to do this for other people. So I don't need to pay someone else to do something I already know how to do. And they forget there's a bandwidth issue, whether it's time, whether it's other resources. And so that's the rule. Yeah, that's the rule, not the exception. And I do the yeah. same thing. So I'll get colleagues of mine, friends, they'll say, oh, we're down to our final selection of, let's say, these three content marketing agencies, which one should we choose? And I know them all. And I'll say, which one does the best job on their own content? Mm -hmm. Choose that one because they're the ones that really care about this because they're doing it themselves. They're eating their own dog food, whatever whatever you want to say. So I think that's really important. So it's the same thing with somebody saying, oh, I need a new website. I'm going to hire this company that their website is horrible. (laughs) Why would you do that? Why do you think Junta 42 ultimately failed? First of all, Junta 42 failed for me because I launched a product that I fell in love with and had no input from my future customers, which, of course, that's the whole idea. Everything that I do now is around don't launch with the product. Most businesses that launch product first fail. Why would you launch a business that way? Why wouldn't you build the audience first? They become to know and trust you, and they will tell you exactly what they want to buy course that's the beauty of the business model today that's what we call the content ink model that's what i would move forward we were just way too early because i was launching a product that you had to know exactly what you were looking for you had to have people in the department that were strategizing over this we launched junta 42 at a time when nobody even had any content marketing people on the team. If you had a content marketing person or a custom publishing person on your team, they were probably working on an internal publication or a corporate magazine. They were not at all associated with marketing. They were probably had offices down by the boiler in the basement 
Nobody <laughs> knew where they were. They probably never came outside. Those are the types of people that we were targeting. Now, slowly over the last 13 years, those people are now an integral part of marketing. So I'm trying to launch a product for a industry that is not even a thing yet, which is so silly. So what we tried to do was launch education, training, and the product at the same time. It's totally silly. Hindsight's 2020, right? Why? Right. I, I just, I want to go back to that Joe and say, what are you thinking? You go ahead and go march forward with this. The blog was called the, the Content Marketing Revolution. I really believed it was a revolution. I believe it was a, I still do. It is the absolute best way to market your products and services today. But at that time, nobody was doing it yet. So there you go. People will ask me too, and I'm sure you think about this with your other guests or you talk about this, is do you regret anything? Do you wish you would have started differently? And I think it's so funny. Sometimes you have to go through that pain to, I don't think I ever would have got, I learned that lesson uh, so well because I was, <laughs> it was down to desperation and I learned it, got it, went forward. So I would almost have to say, I would have to go through that again in order to really understand. It's almost like, uh, with stock investing right now, I'm, I've been investing in the stock market for a long time. When I first started investing in the late nineties, I made some huge mistakes and I'm so happy I made those mistakes with a smaller amount of money so that today I can make smarter decisions. That's what we talk about. Even with our community at the tilt or reading the book, we try to tell people, look, learn from everyone else's, learn from my mistakes first. But sometimes you just have to go through these things and realize, oh, okay, that didn't work. The more people make mistakes, the, the ones that make the most mistakes are probably the most successful people in the world. Because they went out there and tried things and were crazy. Um, that's my favorite quote. If you if you tried something and failed, you're vastly better off than if you had tried nothing. It's, it's my number one since I found it on the back of a sugar packet when I was six years old at my parents' restaurant. That's what I looked at all the time. And I took that home and I put it on my wall. And then I made it into a printed it out with my dot matrix printer and put it on the wall <laughs> and looked at it all the time and said, Whenever you get into a situation, take the leap, give it a try, even if you might fail, and then see what you learn from. That's all. That's the number one thing I've tried to teach my kids. It's don't be scared to take the risk. Now, obviously, I said, don't try to get your, don't get yourself killed. If you are physically going to be injured doing something, I don't want you trying that. But right. if it's not going to kill you, and if the worst thing is you're going to have a couple bruises or your ego is going to be bruised or you're going to be scared to go into a situation, go for it. Give it a shot. And I do that all the time. Like I would, I spent five years of my life going to events and by myself meet, just meeting with people. You probably don't, would not see this because I'm fairly outgoing, but I do not like to go up to people and introduce myself. Most of the time, I feel like I'm an introvert. I would like to go back to the room and order room service. But what I do is I'm like, okay, how do I make the most of this situation? And I'm like, there's a table. And I'm going to go sit down and introduce myself to everyone at that table. And I go do it. And then I'm like, oh, I did that. That was exhausting. <laughs> I met some really cool people. Now what? I was like, okay, there's a group over there. They're just, they're talking. I'm going to go over and introduce myself. And I like will myself over there to do it. But it's amazing how that just spirals into really opportunities. The last thing I'll say, the time between the lowest of the lows to thinking that this thing was going to work was then less than two years later. It was like, oh my God, I'm a complete failure to, oh my God, this thing is going to be a multi-million dollar enterprise. That seemed to happen really quick once you get on the right path. 
So Joe's biggest mistake was actually twofold. First, he fell in love with his product before his customers validated the approach. And second, he sold to the wrong audience altogether. His original target market of agencies generally never spent on their own marketing, even as they sold it to others. Joe brought his business back from the brink by switching gears to sell what his audience was actually asking for, education and events, instead of matchmaking. And by pitching the new approach to prospects that actually had money, in-house marketing teams. Today, Joe's Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World Conference remain cornerstones of the profession. I'll actually be attending CM World this week. I'm so excited. Joe himself has since moved on to other projects, most recently the creation of The Tilt, a newsletter and community designed for content creators who seek to build their audiences first and monetize second, just as he should have done. You can subscribe to The Tilt using my affiliate link at pc-podcast.com slash P. That's pc-podcast.com slash P. Hope to see you there. And you can find this and other episodes of the Professional Confessional Podcast at pc-podcast.com or on your podcasting platform of choice. Would you like to listen to the whole conversation and not just this story edit? Go to pc-podcast.com slash support and subscribe for full recordings and early episodes. That's pc-podcast.com slash support. In the meantime, please share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it today. That's all for this professional confessional. I'm Ashley Stryker. Thanks again for tuning in. And I hope you'll join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Talk soon.